Belief in the soul is ubiquitous. Most people, at most times, in most places, at most ages, have believed that human beings have some kind of souls. We know it matters. We suspect it's important, but we're not sure what it means. It's the word that won't go away, even though it is used less and less. From birth to our final resting place, may God rest his soul, the soul is our earliest companion and our ultimate concern. The word is ethereal, mysterious, and deep, and a little spooky. All Souls Day comes two days after Halloween and has always sounded to me like disembodied spirits floating around at the haunted mansion in Disneyland. How many of our children learned this prayer? How many times have you recited it at bedtime? Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Is it just me, or are those scary words to teach a seven-year-old to pray alone in the dark? I guess it's not just me. That prayer so, so did not work for me, wrote Anne Lamott. Don't be taking my soul. You leave my soul right here in my fifty-pound body. What does it mean to ask God, my soul to keep? If I expire before sunrise and he takes my soul, what exactly is it that gets taken? How much does a soul weigh? Jeffrey Boyd is a kind of Don Quixote of the soul. He is a Yale psychiatrist, an ordained minister, and co-author of Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, a work in which you will search in vain for a single reference to soul. It does include something called depersonalization disorder, a feeling of estrangement from oneself, but Boyd also writes books and articles trying to re-inject the word soul into our scientific vocabulary. In one study of hundreds of church attenders, Boyd found that most people believe they know what soul means, but when asked to explain it, they can't do it. The soul turns out to be like Supreme Court Associate Justice Potter Stewart's description of obscenity. It may be hard to define, but I know it when I see it. About half of church attenders adopt what Boyd calls the Looney Tunes theory of the soul. If Daffy Duck were blown up with dynamite, then there would be a transparent image of Daffy Duck that would float up from the dead body. The translucent image would have wings and carry a harp. From the air, this apparition would speak down to Bugs Bunny, who set off the dynamite. It sounds funny to talk about cartoons when it comes to the soul, but as Aristotle said, the soul never thinks without a picture. The soul can't be put under a microscope or studied by x-ray. About a hundred years ago, a doctor measured the slight weight loss experienced by seven tuberculosis victims at the moment of death, which led him to claim that the soul weighs 21 grams. His idea years later created a title for a movie with Sean Penn and Robin Wright, but it was never duplicated and was widely ridiculed in the medical community. Some are convinced that soul language needs to go. A philosopher named Owen Flanagan says there is no place in science for the notion of a soul. Desouling is the primary operation of the scientific image. But Boyd argues that we see people who have a strength of soul that simply will not be degraded by the humiliation their body puts them through. He writes of a woman named Patricia, who suffered from the effects of diabetes, a heart attack, and two strokes. She went blind, went into renal failure, which required dialysis, 
and had both her legs amputated, all while only in her thirties. She was placed in a nursing home, except for those several times a year when she had to be hospitalized, frequently going into a coma for one or two weeks during those stays. Pat was part of a church in Washington, D.C. that wanted to create a homeless shelter. They could not find anyone with the leadership skills to pull it off. So she volunteered. In between dialysis and amputations and comas, she pulled together the team and got the zoning changes, architectural help, and fundraising done. She then helped the team figure out the rules for the homeless people who used the shelter, and she recruited and trained the staff who ran it. When Pat died after the shelter's first successful year in operation, homeless people stood next to U.S. cabinet members such as Secretary...